Full Service Radio is supported by Compass, the future of real estate in the metro D.C. area and beyond. Discover more at compass.com. Full Service Radio. What is up, DC? We are uh, welcome to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, DC. I'm Matthew Ramsey, cheeseburger profiler, mezcal masseuse, and 100% taco sexual. <laughs> uh, I'm Eddie Kim, proud DCist, Mandy Moore fanboy, and pina colada <laughs> apologist. We can talk about that later. Yeah, I want to talk about that later. I want yeah. to talk about that now. No, it, every week we share a shift drink. We talk about it right now. We can, can we? Do should we? Yes. Uh, I recently had uh, this past weekend has brought up a lot of memories. Um, a former high school classmate had her bachelorette party, and I crashed it. And all they could talk about was this one incident in high school where we won a contest. Uh, if you if you lived in DC for a long time, there was Z104, and that was our local pop music. Uh, you know, kind of teen uh, uh, radio station that we l- listened to, and they ran a contest. Uh, and this is back in the day when websites were very, very, very low tech, and so you could easily just hack a website, make a script that just refreshes it for you. Just for the record, I have never hacked a website, no matter how <laughs> easy it was. This this goes down in T- uh, TJ history, TJ high school history. Um, so me and a group of guys. We came up with a couple of scripts, won the, won the contest, and our high school got disqualified, but then it had spread out throughout the county that all the other high schools also got disqualified. So at the end of the day, they just gave us the win, and many more came to our high school and had a concert. Wow. And this is just after Candy had been released. To be fair, I thought this story was going to be about pina coladas. If, if many more pina coladas, if you combine those two, I can, I can die. I thought there was going to be a, a pina colada <laughs> apology in there somewhere. No. Um, well, that is by far the most interesting intro we've ever had. Thank you very much, Eddie Kim. Sorry, Mike, you have to, you know, you have to come second after that. So I'll try and live up to that. Big <laughs> shoes here. All right. So every week we share a shift drink and swap war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, and brewers, and pretty much anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry. This week, we have artist, designer, and boozer Mike Van Hall of the Committee of Appropriations. What a boozer. And I misspelled that many times. Yes, so do I. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's a creator of some of the most eye-catching and progressive designs that you'll see on your bodega shelves or wherever you 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 grab a six-pack. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. Welcome. I'm a, actually, when, when Eddie told me that you were coming on the show, I was, had a little bit of a moment because I'm a huge fan of your work. Oh, cool. So, Thanks, yeah. no. Thanks. I mean, no doubt anyone who has you know, picked up beer in, in a store has seen and, and actually had to stop and think for a second as to what is going on here. Right. Well, that's the idea. Yeah. So good. I'm glad it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it worked. Uh, you passed the Eddie and Matt test. We will buy beer. We will. We will. <laughs> Just any flashy colors and, yeah. and uh, hypnotic eye-catching designs. Yeah. Uh, so we start off with our shift drink. And you requested uh, a kind of a 
anything funky, rosé or white wine that yep. you've been drinking lately? Yep, pretty much. Is this is this something that you've been kind of? Yeah, I mean, down I've never with? had a Turkish uh, rosé before, so yes. um, I'm excited to try something new always. Where do you, where do you usually fall on the spectrum? What's do you have any go tos? Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of like Italian or Spanish, yeah, like dirty wine. Like yeah, it's it's cloudy. It looks like somebody chewed some bread and spit back into yeah. the bottle. <laughs> Anything <laughs> that they've not awesome. filtered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any places in the city that you go to? Um, I mean, I like Maxwell, and I buy uh, stuff from Gran Cata a lot because they. Yeah. You know, we're an early one carrying that cordial. Yeah. So. Uh, Maxwell, they, they're celebrating their birthday right now, right? They have the, uh-huh. the half-off Magnum special. Oh, well. That's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. And I'm going to be there. And please, don't. <laughs> hopefully yeah. I can get a seat because I think it's going to be it's very insane, popular yeah. amongst the industry. Yeah. Um, but yes, Maxwell, also, congratulations for your Maxwell. anniversary, uh, half price on Magnums. And you'll see many. Of There's her- some fun ones. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, a lot of funky ones too. Yeah. So if I oh, see okay. you there, well, I won't be surprised. To, uh... um, so we are drinking. Eddie, what are we drinking here? Oh, you leave me to pronounce yeah. it. <laughs> uh, we are drinking a Turkish rose, very, very bright and light. It is the grape varietal is Kaleki Kurosi. I think that sounds yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Uh, Kale- 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 Kaleki Kurosi. Okay. Um, uh, yes. Oh it's, oh, it's actually Kyra. I'm looking at the label right now. Uh, so yeah, really, really high in minerals. Uh, slight. Residual sugar, but you can barely taste it yeah, because it's, it's so tart. It's labeled as off dry, but it's super tart. Um, and I think this varietal is actually known for its tartness, but this one's and it's crystal clear, so it's kind of the opposite. But this one's making it's me pucker super, a little bit. Super clear. Yeah, it's almost has that Provençal <laughs> style look to it. Yeah, I keep salivating as I'm drinking. My- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a good opener. <laughs> To a meal. Are these these kind of the... I know you do a lot of work with beers. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you kind of lean towards beers that have this kind of flavor profile too? um, Well, it depends. I mean, I kind of try anything that is out there, but um, just to get an understanding of where the flavor is going, what the trends may be. But um, it's tough to find a a beer that tastes like wine. I mean, you know, plug Stillwater. That's part of Brian's goal a lot of times is to take those wine flavors and bring them into beer yeah um but uh but i also like you know some i like a cloudy beer too especially yeah like a cloudy wine so um just to pause Stillwater is a gypsy brewer based out of kind of baltimore-ish area it's um, well we've baltimore is now brian moved from baltimore oh, okay he's so in it's brooklyn where, now right yeah he's in brooklyn now yeah. so it's wherever brian is is okay. where Stillwater is essentially um day to day even so um he may be in Connecticut brewing, right. so Stillwater is there. The um, I just remember falling in love with Stillwater beers, going to Of Love and Regret. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, which is in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and they are they kind of do everything underneath underneath the sun. So it's a great restaurant, great brewery, uh, a bar. Um, it's also a bottle shop, um, which is something that you can't see in DC due to due to regulations. Right, having right. a bottle shop right next to the bar. But yeah. I, I heard is Brian setting up shop in Brooklyn? Is that a thing? Yeah, he's okay. working on a project called Production. Okay. Um, it's pretty big. Uh, the so building is, is Is he massive. hanging up his his gypsy hat and um in a way, yeah. I guess. Or at least this will be a uh, it'll be a home base. Sure. But um, that won't in order to do have the reach with so li- few people. The gypsy part will still have to be there. He'll still have to go to the yeah. the bigger breweries that partner with us to, right to make sure we can do 200 barrels at a time. Um, 
Um, well, before we get too far, let's uh, let's do a little thing we called Two Truths, One Lie. Two Truths, One Lie. Mike right. is digging into All his right. pocket. Get the cell phone I wrote him down. I wrote him down. So, Eddie Kim, I want you to actually. Can you can you teach your one lie us after this? Me? Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't lie off the top of my head. <laughs> Jack? No. Okay. Cool. I'll just be me. I'll do my best. All right. Here. All right. Hit us, Mike. All right. I'm gonna read these quick just to make sure they're good. All it's right. very dramatic. So, my undergraduate degree is in Egyptology. Ooh. I was once on America's Most Wanted. <laughs> I love anything. I love anything with black truffles. Ah. Uh, um, I feel like that, I feel like black truffles has to be a, a lie. Because everybody loves black truffles. And, like, there's some people that don't like truffles. I, I know. Like, right? I agree with you. Okay, this, this will be a quick one. The black truffles is, is the lie. Oh, the lie. That's the lie. It's yes. Lie. Oh. Yeah, you guys are good at this. Huh? No, we're not. We're not good. We're terrible. <laughs> uh, but please tell us um, what did you do to land on America's Most Wanted? I was walking around on the hill, and uh, they were filming. <laughs> uh, it was about Chandra Levy, actually. Oh wow! They filmed us, and then they followed us to another bar and filmed us there too. And I have it on VHS somewhere. That's amazing. My, my grandma was very proud. <laughs> Showing all of your other friends that you made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and e- Egyptology. Yep. That was my undergrad degree. You, had, uh, I mean, we can use this as a jumping off point because uh, you haven't always been a designer. That's correct. Uh, you were an e- Egyptologist. Uh, I was, <laughs> in the sense that I got the degree. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. You did it for the girls. Yes, it was for yeah. the girls. <laughs> I did it because it was the only one in the major at Michigan. Uh-huh. And so I got all the awards. Um, ah, nice. Anything the department gave out, a scholarship here, <laughs> it went to me. So, That's amazing. Right. So there's an Egyptology department. Yeah, they have a great museum there. Um, what, one final exam was uh, we had to translate a cough, like a real sarcophagus. And uh, you know, there's like all these like bodily fluid stains on it from thousands of years ago. And you got to kind of like work through it to figure out what the hieroglyph says. Whoa. That's pretty cool. That I is mean, cool. It's less Indiana Jones, more. It was less. Although yeah. I did, you know, we had two professors. One was the nerdy one and one was the Indiana Jones one. And, and this uh, is so, Ann Arbor? Yep. In Ann Arbor. Wow. So we got it. It was, I mean, it was, I'd learned a lot of history and language stuff. So, it, you know, it's a, as far as a liberal arts degree, it was yeah. a pretty cool one. Um, That's awesome. Um, but then, uh, and I, I read this, you were practicing law at a startup? Yeah. So I did, uh, I moved to town, to DC actually to go to law school and, um, I did, uh, like some international affairs stuff during the day and then went to law school at night and mm-hmm. I finished that in 2007. Right on. Um, and then practiced for like five years and it was startups, it was in-house. Um, so whatever came up I had to deal with and part of the stuff that came up was I had to like do immigration work for guys uh, engineers yeah. um and it uh it was so complicated i was trying to explain like what part of the path these guys were on in a way that was um not defeating because it's so long and so confusing right and if you miss a step you know you're you're screwed well i mean that's something we're seeing right now yeah. too, right oh yeah totally well so i made a game board okay uh, i designed ah, a game board. okay I was like all right here's here's where we fall yeah and uh in doing that i kind of like triggered my memory of growing up 
loving to draw. And yeah. So that was like once that trigger happened, I was like, all right, no, I, I got to give up the law. So. It's it's always wow. fascinating how people fall into this all-encompassing industry, and it's mm-hmm. usually through multiple different routes. But you also had a taco truck. Yes, I believe. Yeah, we did. Yes. And so that was another part of the, okay. the, the triggering to get me back into the creative world. Was uh, <laughs> Matthew's eyes just twinkled. <laughs> I, well, it's it's defunct now, I believe. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, it's in Cape Town. It was in Cape mm. Town. And, uh, my buddy has a kind of a cool uh, like streetwear clothing store in Cape Town. Um, Mostef was his uh, creative director for a while, so Whoa. it was like a legit thing. But when I was down there with him, he was just getting going. And, That's uh, wild. We did a, a taco truck in the parking lot, and it uh, it was in a '68 VW bus. We built the kitchen in it, and it was like a gat, like propane. Yeah. Sitting on the front seat, run through the back, and it was it was pretty. What, what year is this? Um, this was 2011. Okay. That we did it. That's super Not cool. Too long ago. Yeah. 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 So at this point, this is when your two interests kind of collide. Yeah. So all the all the people that he had surrounding him down there at the store were like really, I mean, it was super creative people. Some guys are now like international musicians, like most of. Um, and there were a lot of visual artists and stuff. And Cape Town was um, it was just a cool place to meet people that were um, didn't feel like there were any boundaries. Something. Uh, I, it was. I know it was just really cool to be with all kinds of creative people like that, and yeah. again, it triggered. I was like, okay, well, I got to go back to my office job. Yeah. And um, while I enjoy the law, it was not the satisfaction that that was. You know. And, um, and then, and you came back to the states. What? I mean, and I and I know this, but what kind of triggered your your steps towards working with Brian and doing labels and kind of going all in on design? It was well, there was. So one of the one of the jobs uh, we did a deal to sell the company, and uh, the guy who it was a partner at an outside firm that was working with us, and he had a heart attack during the during the deal, and I just got scared because I was like, all right, he was a pretty young guy, so I was like, I don't, I can't, yeah, I bet don't, my life, I don't want this, this life, yeah, right. yeah, so I don't want y'all. So trying to get out of it, I was like, all right, what am I gonna do to like, um, how how can I do art? I guess the mm-hmm. basic question, and uh, so I created a poster series and just sent it around to people that I thought helped uh, help bring me around to see things a little differently. And in beer, uh, Brian, when I first had Stillwater, I was like, "This is," it changed my perception of what, what beer was. What was the beer? It was uh, a stateside saison, but it was uh, aged in Chardonnay barrels. Yeah, um, it was just a little one. Actually, John Usselton from uh, oh, yeah. Green Hat, he was working at uh, at Schneider's. And suggested it to me before we were good buddies. He yeah. was like, "Oh, you gotta try this beer." So I tried. I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" Yeah, um, yeah. So I just sent Brian a poster, and he was—he uh, found me weird enough to uh, <laughs> to join the Stillwater cult. And because uh, I also I was using just the the anonym, I wasn't given my name or anything. Right, so he right. just got a package with. What, a yeah. So what, what was the deal with that? Um, it was just a, a way to to which uh, to to your anonym. Oh, just to kind of give myself cover to, uh, if I screw up, then um, yeah. it's not my name necessarily. Now, I mean, now it is. But yeah. at the time, I didn't know if it would work. And so I had to be able to go back to the law if I needed to. Sure. Um, to make a living. But, uh, but it turned out okay. And then, yeah, so Brian got that poster and he just called me. And over the course of a couple of months, we um, we got to know each other. And they uh, 
he was getting ready to change what he was doing with the beer and he felt like he needed the the visuals to look a little different too than they had originally um, right and i'm it's, it's it was pretty big change i remember yeah. when i started drinking still water beers it was very kind of dark it was all like line drawings from i forget the name of the artist uh lee lee yeah um and then, and then now we did kind of did a 360 <laughs> yeah, and uh, or 180 and now i it's like everything's like computer generated i assume and yeah we uh, yeah i mean i i fell in love with lee's work yes. too i mean that was part of the draw to Stillwater. yeah um but but as I got to know those guys, understanding it as an art project made me love it even more. And find, uh, Brian was nice enough, but also had enough foresight to see that there was there was more that was needed to make mm-hmm. the art project complete. Um, and yeah, the change we did was uh, it was very scary mm-hmm. when we were going through what's the new what's the, we had the set of three we were going to start with, and leading up to those three, I did a couple of, like collab labels. I did some dark ones, and Brian just didn't like them. Yeah. And uh, looking back, I understand now why he didn't like them is because there was the darkness that Lee could generate is very different than what I can generate. Um, and Lee, I mean, I just like, yeah, I don't know. There's a there's a romance about Lee's darkness that I could never achieve. Mine was just like scary. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you well, don't necessarily want. You're creeping me out, brand. bro. Right. <laughs> it's like. Nothing but baby heads. Right, pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, were there any kind of, let's say, marketing and business considerations when you're going through this whole redesign? Because Lee's drawings are beautiful, but I don't know, maybe not great or appealing for, for, the great, uh, for most consumers. Well, and that's, yeah, so I, I study graphic design and marketing and branding to... My, my goal is to understand the rules and then break them as I need to. Sure. Um, Lee's stuff was, uh, Lee was part of the first wave, I would say, of um, people that were using the beer can as a canvas that didn't, the branding didn't matter almost. It was sure. just like the aesthetic, there's something aesthetically pleasing. Um, and so like, uh, opened my eyes to that. And then so I try and do that same thing, but then put in the marketing considerations where I can. And I actually like to use, I mean, I think of myself as like a contemporary artist, so they become those marketing rules become a tool that I can flip around and um, make them weapons or like be sarcastic or something um, by using those. So. Mm-hmm. Who who else was part of that first wave? I feel like flying like flying dog was that? Yeah, flying dog. They understood the. I mean, they took they took someone's art and yeah. put it on the label, and as opposed to being like a whole package, which right. Stillwater was. I, mean, I think like. Um, Keith or McKellar was yeah. one that definitely yeah, yeah. did it a lot. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a, I don't know, it was a novel thing for in around 2010. Now it's everywhere. I mean, it's like, it's the way to go is to hide the hide the logo, and right. which I love. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it just it kind of incorporates more of the sensations mm-hmm. that you want. You know, it doesn't just be to read Cezanne or... Right. Whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's experiential. And that's, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's how I approach it. I'm like, you're holding this thing in your hand. You're staring at it. And you're interacting with it. Um, why not have it uh, tell you a story or um, do more than just uh, remind you of the brand that are you're there, dealing with? You know? are, are there any other labels that you particularly admire, whether it's current or even in the from the past? Oh man. I mean, it's really hard to keep up. Yeah. Um, how about how about past ones? Like past old, ones. old school ones that Ooh. that make a comeback. I recently yeah. had an Aaron Gansett. Oh and yeah. And they came back with the old label from nineteen seventy five. 
and it actually it, it reminded me a little bit of your designs yeah, yeah. and it was it really brought a smile to my face <laughs> i love that one too yeah. yeah it's a great narragansett's a great one for for um you know we have the big beer little beer thing <laughs> everybody it's you know like, it's like a religion right you're yeah. on either side um they're big beer but they do uh they hide it well yeah um and i like those labels a lot they, they have another one with like this uh hand-drawn sailing scene that's pretty cool okay um Gosh, give me a minute to think of like okay, yeah, something that absolutely. I like. You've built a lot of your design identity around the idea of, um, like, I don't know why I can't say this word out loud. I'm going to say it on the radio, though. A program. A program, yeah. A program. <laughs> uh, tell us about what the word means to you. Well, it's kind of, uh, I know that people won't like, some people won't like what I'm doing. Some people will get it, some people won't get it. And, um, the fact that I'm generating an emotion is valuable. I right. think that's, I mean, that I've that's, done something. That's art at its, at its right, yeah. basic level, right? Yeah, and just because my art shows up, my canvas is a package that you see in the store. I don't think there's any less um, ability to evoke emotion. And I don't think it's, I think it's worthwhile, um, especially in the store where you're not expecting to have an interaction with art. You get the chance to, and you, if, if it pisses you off, then I don't know, that's kind of cool to me because I don't want to piss you off, but at least you had a reaction. Yeah. Um, I want to, I like to make people take a second look. And But it's, it seems like you like kind of like dancing that line of like almost wanting to put, piss people off, but like. Yeah, it's provocative. But like, I mean. yeah, provocative and like kind of reining it in a little bit. I mean, have you gotten some, some negative reactions from sure. your. Oh, yeah, sure. What do, and, the, what do those look like? Or like, who, who are these people? I mean, yeah. A lot of people will like, keep your politics out of my beer or something like that, and that's fair. I mean, yeah, if, but also, but also like uh, drink the beer, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, and, and you can ignore it if you want. You don't have to look deeper. I try and make sure that there are always two layers to the label. So there's that superficial thing, or well, if I've done it right, there's a superficial layer that you can interact with and enjoy it just as a simple graphic. Or if you want to go deeper into the story, you can like pull a little thread and maybe there's something there that either you disagree with or you you totally agree with. I mean, um, it's about, I think it's about adding my perspective to the world. And this is just, you know, I would tell somebody to not give me their opinion. Sure. You know? um, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's, it is art and it's out there and people are going to either agree mm-hmm. or disagree with it. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe like your process with Brian and how that kind of yeah it transpires? Um, it's evolved over the years. Um, initially, I was kind of like reacting because I was super excited to work for Stillwater. And yeah, I was like, I love the brewery. Um, but uh, it's now because it's Brian will send me a name or a concept. We, we generally think in concepts more than names or styles. Um, and then I try and come up with my interpretation that's meaningful to me, that is touching the points that I imagine Brian wants, and also looking at um, how we can tell our story to our people that like us, sure, and then bring in more people that maybe don't know us yet, um, and do it honestly so that uh, for every you know couple of people that pick it up, there's one that will will get stuck in our world um and it's not a hard leap for that to happen then yeah um it is very uh intuitive in a way or i kind of go with it I yeah guess. so kind of gut, gut driven it's yeah it's in the moment whatever is coming out when i'm doodling yeah 
is where that what that beer is going to look like. There's not a lot of uh, rework. Generally, there are some that we've had troubles with where yeah. it just wasn't we weren't connecting. Um, usually, that's when there's a lot of pressure. Uh, but but there's you know usually it's the first couple of attempts at it. Okay, so we're let's let's try this angle. Um, yeah, uh, and I mean Brian, uh, he has synesthesia, right? So he can. That's yeah, and that's a that's part, a part of, of it, right? Yeah, that's part of it, and you know. Uh, like, and, and explain what synesthesia is. Uh, so I mean, to, and. The, Mike, you can probably speak better to it, um, but he—I'm guessing—he he experiences taste associated with colors. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah, a, that's the basic way to say it. Yeah, and um, forcefully. I mean, yeah, I'd like to think I do too, and I, I understand where he's coming from. Beers now taste. This beer tastes orange. This beer tastes purple. Right. Um, I think you get that with weed too. Like, yeah. yeah. Interesting. The um, it but hops and cannabis are close so maybe that's why um but it's uh yeah he it, that that's one thing where we get into it sometimes is i'm <laughs> i have a really good design that can't it can't be orange what, and green what, all the time well, yeah what, what's a good example of this oh uh super hop was okay. one that i did not necessarily want we were doing a lot of orange and green everybody orange and green because it's funny that orange and green kept coming up everywhere in the marketplace because uh, that that means that that tastes like, beer tastes like orange and green to yeah. most people then. Um, huh. uh, so it, we we played around and ultimately we went with uh, with the orange. That one I think we did thirty yeah. different labels for oh that my one, God. which was just I mean it was no fun to do it. It was like around Christmas or something, right. so there was so much pressure. And that beer was was for a um, originally it was for a big department store in Tokyo that so we felt like it had to be extra special right know, that's super we, cool yeah it just added the pressure and, but on the flip side uh extra dry that was that was uh that one was very easy that one was brian texted me extra dry sake style beer and i was like <laughs> i've got you two seconds yeah I want, I, that's I, an icon i mean that's an iconic label that uh, like, i would kind of want you to say that you 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 you, you worked on it and you just just belabored the work on it yeah uh, well for, you for know a long time I, that's a nice romantic story, but I think the more romantic way is the way it happened. It just it was natural. I knew that this is what it looked like. Yeah, um, uh, this can is it's a tall it's a tall boy can. Boy. It's two two shades of blue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, splitting the can in half, and then there's one Japanese character. It's a, it actually or, it says um, oh it's not it doesn't say extra dry. Okay. Um, the the audience for that beer is the U.S. It's now the fact that it's over there is um, nobody's called me out from over there. People yeah. call me out. All, you know, I know Japanese. This is not what it says. And I'm yeah. like, okay, I understand. But that wasn't the point. It was, you know, um, it's got the circle. And I, I really was back and forth on putting the red circle because it's so cliche in a way. Um, oh, man, it's just, it, it is eye popping. It, it drinks like it, it looks. It, that's, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite beers and it's oh, super good. crushable good. and, yeah, that's and yeah, it's super low alcohol. I mean, in today's beer world, right? right. Getting something that's around four percent is like, and somehow it still evokes the fact that it's like it's brewed in Sweden. Yeah, and I don't know how or why I get. <laughs> well, that vibe. It's, there's every other. I mean, we do it in uh, Connecticut too. It's like, okay, so, I mean, it's, but that's the Stillwater way, right? It's all over the world. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, that's uh, that's the baby. Everybody likes that one. Right on. Right. Well. Yeah, well, I think we'll go ahead and take a break. Uh, you brought two mystery beers for, for mm-hmm. us, and so I think we'll pop yes, those open when we come back. 
Uh, you, thanks for joining us and listening to Shift Drink here at the Full Service Radio. Bruh. music from keto this one's called the number one hit maker off his new project called james find the music on soundcloud.com slash keto k-i-e-d-o be right back Welcome back. You're listening to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio. We uh, are joined today by our talented friend, Mike Van Hall, designer extraordinaire. Um, he's probably designed some of your favorite labels, and you didn't even know it. And he's also a D.C. resident. Mike, you brought in a couple of mystery beers. I They're did hidden indeed. in the bag. What do we got? So we've got... Forgive my loudness. We've got... Stillwater Critical Thinking. Oh, man. And Aslan Johan buys a Brot. Very different-looking uh, beers. Yeah. Yeah, they're, um, yeah let's take a picture of these. They're definitely, <laughs> uh, and they're different styles, too, so. Um, oh, man, those are super cool. So why did you choose these, or what were you thinking of? Well, these, the- are, these are a great uh, example of what each one does very well, um, even though people would not think of Stillwater necessarily as a uh, stout maker first. When Brian does a stout, it's killer. Yeah. Um, on Fleek is a great beer. <laughs> um, and I think Critical Thinking is an awesome one, too. I mean, right on. Um, and then Aslan is well known for the hazy IPAs. That's how they, uh, they launched and became immediate superstars. Yeah. And this one has uh, a bunch of tropical fruit going on. It just melt. You never know it's almost 10% alcohol. Right on. Um, Tastes like a pineapple milkshake. It's oh, awesome. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get weird. Um, actually, something that I was just reminded of right now, uh, and I, I kind of notice it on the Stillwater um, can. So if an architect friend of mine mentioned that he finds he's starting to get a little bit annoyed with beer, des- beer can designs yeah. because they're kind of ignoring the shape of the, the vessel that it's on. Yes. Um, and it's all about kind of getting the wackiest, craziest design on the, yes. on the, on the can now. How, how, how do you address that or do you uh, take that into account? I totally agree with him. <laughs> and I do my very best to always account for the shape of, I mean, this is my canvas. I know this canvas really well. Um, it's the only thing I think about. Like I'm sitting on the couch, I'm staring at the can all the time. Um, <laughs> and I have my little markers on what visually I know I'll be able to see when I'm setting up my files, my design files. Um, it's funny that he's an architect too. Like he, uh, 
this critical thinking is architectural. That was the whole goal of it, um, was to I, I have everything set proportionally so that I felt like it was, um, you could build it almost, you know? Um, I want it to be like an like a objet d'art you would put up on your shelf or something like that. Sure. And, and to do that, you have to take account for sure. the way, the, the can is weird because it's, um, especially with, so the difference between, as when we print on a sticker and we wrap the sticker on it, it's got a sticky back. The Stillwater stuff, generally we print directly on the aluminum, which changes the color because you have the, the metal uh, shows yeah. through and it reflects. Um, when you turn a can, if it's silver, there's a certain moment where the aluminum goes black because the way the light's reflecting, huh. it doesn't reflect mm. light back in your eyes, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so my, my two and a half inch window that I have with this, the width of that can, when you look at it, is, is brought smaller yeah. if I have to print directly on the aluminum versus if I have a sticker. Um, wow. I was, that's, yeah. that's not something I would have thought of. That's super <laughs> cool. Well, so, I mean, I'm glad he, he thinks that. A lot of people, the good people don't ignore that part of it. Um, and... Uh, you know, my my whole thing is to push the branding to the side, so I have a little more freedom. Is, to, it, is there a technical name for that fade? Uh, I don't know. I wish I did. I believe uh, dark side of the can. Yeah, <laughs> great name for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you prefer three D or flat surfaces? Um, I think I like three D. I, I I found that my stuff doesn't translate necessarily well to flat when I do, or at least the stuff that that people know and really like. Um, from the beer labels don't it doesn't make it over to flat very well the johan one kind of does I, um but it's so abstract it almost doesn't matter it's just the color you know um but that's because it's purpose built for the can you know um i'm a, I'm a huge fan of easter eggs oh yeah and i just realized that there's two star wars easter eggs at tail up goat oh god yes <laughs> oh, really? i'm not gonna t- I'm, not, I'm not gonna say where they are or, or what they are it, it's you can search for it online. Oh, I really? Think people have talked about it. It, it was yes. I, yes. I just I just realized it the other day. But um, um, from I'm, Mr. Patrick Owens, who uh, you may have seen many of his murals and chalk art across the city. Um, he is also a great bartender, and he did sneak in wait two Easter eggs. I only know of the one. Uh, one might be a bend, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, are there Easter eggs that you put into your work at all? Yeah, I generally try and put one or two things in there that are meaningful to a greater or lesser extent. Um, I also have long-term Easter eggs that I will pull back out later on and finish a story um, oh, just that I've started here or there. And Is there an example that you can talk about, or do you want um, them still hidden? Yeah, I try and keep them hidden. Yeah. Um, oh my God, this is a series over the course of... It's not necessarily a series. Of, it's okay. just like I put, I put little things in that maybe people notice or maybe people don't. And um, tell the right. story of little <laughs> Timmy the Hop. <laughs> <laughs> I try and go a little deeper. Than okay. that. <laughs> Johan is um, that's a, the, the character, though. There are they're not necessarily Easter eggs, but um, yeah. the 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 rules I have for Johan is he's always in the shadow and he's emotive in some way. Okay, but he's also it's it's a little bit of he's kind of a buffoon. Um, and so people can figure out what the emotion is that he's going through, um, I hope, based on the image, and then makes him relatable in some way. So um, that's, it's not really an Easter egg, but, you know. Well, so you, there may or may not be an Easter egg, but what about 
throwing an activism into the design of your cans because you have touched upon that before with a small project yeah <laughs> if you want to explain it better than i can uh well yeah i, do, I have no problem putting okay. activism in and it's activism in the sense that uh I, it's it's not necessarily it's just commentary all right so it's it's not i try to not be too forceful and brian has to pull me back sometimes when i do it with brian and be like all right you can't that's too much there. yeah um but I did, so I did a project with uh, some stickers. They were just simple stickers. Um, they were like, I think they were purple to blue fades so that you could see them no matter what surface you put them on. And it just said things like this beer label is sexist or this beer label is racist. Um, and the idea, I actually got the idea from um, a feminist uh, group in the 50s that did this with advertisements on the street ah. uh, and I was like oh that's a great idea we totally we have the problem with sexism in beer uh, so this would be a good way to kind of enable people to a little civil disobedience um, I wasn't presuming that there were sexist labels um, or which ones were my goal was to get the stickers out there and let people self identify or like identify the ones they thought sure um, were the problems uh just to get a conversation going because it felt important to talk about that in a way that was not from the brewery's perspective or not within the context of a beer being released and then people immediately reacting online. I wanted to go beyond that Um, because when it's, when it's at the store and that sticker was there, I think it was, um, you couldn't just like dismiss it as trolling necessarily. Right. right? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a different level of engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Someone had to physically put a sticker onto that can, right? And actually, yeah, and, and but also like uh, imagine the people walking by, right? And yeah. like never thought about that before. Maybe they would. It would dawn on them right. that um, people were offended by this thing. It's not. It's, so I mean, how did this play, how did this play out? Um, I people really like the stickers, okay? Um, but I put it on one beer company just to like you know, raz somebody, um, in good fun. Yeah. And, uh, they were bought by Budweiser. So I was like, Oh, this, this, this is not a craft beer. (laughs) So it's called the Midas touch. Right. Yeah. Not, not a craft beer. That was a sticker. I put Uh, on because it, because it isn't anymore. Like suddenly it's not, Yeah, they get a lot of money and they run people out of business, you know, business practices, Budweiser. It's not, um, it's not friendly to little guys. So little guys are, that's, I like beer culture. I've made lots of friends in beer. Um, when people want to squash it, uh, I want to fight back. So. Sure. Well, I mean, that's, and that's another part, too. Like, I mean, you're a designer, but now you're also part of the beer community through this. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, I've definitely become most associated with beer yeah. right now. Um, I think eventually I'll, you know, move on and try something else. But Well, I'm glad you said that <laughs> because your shift drink is wine. During our break, you said you just got a natural wine club like shipment. Mm-hmm. Do you want to break into wine labels? Uh, possibly. It's the question is whether I fit right. So um, the beer is great because the room for activism or sarcasm or commentary is there because we have a very robust culture that's fairly tight. Like um, wine, I don't know if. Uh, I, the natural wine guys are definitely they're they're fighting the man right yeah. like um but can that translate over to people uh enjoy or like engaging in it more than 
just for something to drink in beer it is i think i think it could be honestly yeah. and i think i think a lot of time wine takes itself too seriously and i think uh i don't know man i would that could be an interesting challenge yeah i, I, I love the uh the move to fun beer like labels for yeah. especially the natural wine stuff um i haven't uh, but I also it could be it. like a good way to just fucking shake the world. Yeah, I don't know. That, this idea excites me. I mean, we've already seen labels out there, especially for natural wines or mm-hmm. the small independent producers that have broken the mold of the typical. Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, John Bon Jovi now has a rosé called Hampton Waters. Whoa. And it has a girl diving into some waters. <laughs> think, so. think about it. It's a, <laughs> it's a, that's fine. Okay. It's a, it's a think piece. As long as it's not New Jersey waters. I don't know. It's Hampton Waters. I mean, can it get much dirtier? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to presume. Uh, <laughs> um, I think we, we... Should we ready? move on to our uh, next segment? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get it. ready well, for some... Actually, can we... I just want to try oh, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's pop open one of them. You guys can choose which ones you're feeling. I mean, they're both good, so... Let's do the Aslan. This is... Okay, yeah. I tried to bring some 7,000, our Action Bronson collab, but oh, uh, cool. that thing just blew up, so it's, uh, it's gone. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, do you, I mean, do you keep your, I mean, do you have one of each can at home? Oh, I've done too many. Into, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have any room. You know, my wife would kill me. Um, we keep, I keep a lot around, but um, yeah, I think for Aslan, I've done almost 200, so there's no, there's no room. That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's a lot of labels. This is amazing. Yeah, the Johan series is quite a, it's quite a great idea. I mean, you took the hazy IPA that's already rich, and they added vanilla without killing you with the vanilla. And that's what that is, yeah. Every, every variant is some other fruit. So. That's super cool. I mean, this beer looks like... An orange Julius or yeah. orange juice. <laughs> it does. Oh man, um, well, that's fun. Um, okay, well let's let's head into our segment called Rapid Fire. Time for the payback. Rapid Fire. You are from Western Michigan. I'm, I'm also from Michigan. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you grew up with bells. Oh yes. Uh, if there was one Bell's label that you could redo, what would it be? Oh, man. That is a question. Because <laughs> at this point, they're pretty classic labels. Yeah. I think, I think Two-Hearted. And it's not because it's my favorite beer. It's the one that uh, I think just, there's more that can be done with that. Yeah. Like, the, the colors feel weird in a way it doesn't represent it's that. orange it has the, the, the orange thing going on and the what is it like gray it's like a dark the trout, green the trout and then the trout yeah, yeah. yeah and and it's also like to try and translate the you know because originally on the paper label it was a, a hand-drawn bunch of trout right and it you can't do that kind of shading and stuff printed directly onto a can when they moved to tall boys it's half tone and so yeah you lose the detail yeah i was like oh man there's but Oberon, they did very well. They translated it over very well. And the, the Oarsman Ale, I think. That, yeah, oh yeah, the Oarsman's pretty. That good. label is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, but I think like aesthetically, like yeah, the Two Hearted, like as a, like a younger person, like that registered with me, like and that just might have been the time period. But now I think it's kind of out of date. Oh yeah, when it, 
when it was on the paper label, I think it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, of, a, of a time, for sure. But Well, I would, I would love to see a two-hearted ale from you at some point. <laughs> okay, that'd, be, that'd be super dope. When I go back just, just do it. every yeah. year, I go back. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we'll just hand-paste it on every single can that we can get our hands on. <laughs> yeah. I'll make stickers. I'll make stickers. Uh, what has been your, your most treasured or best work of art? Per, my, the one I've produced? Any, anything in your history of design. Mm-hmm. Or taco. Or taco. Yeah, <laughs> those tacos are pretty good. So. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I, this is the one that is the weirdest. And I, when I was like 12, I, uh, with, the, with like a Sharpie, I, re, I redesigned my ceiling fan in my bedroom. Oh, uh, cool. And just drew a bunch of random stuff, including a bunch of like logos and things. Um, but also some like psychedelic op art on it. So I think that's my favorite thing because it's so it's such a visceral memory. Yeah. And looking back, I I, I forget that I did it, and then I look back at it, or I go home, and I'm like, oh, and I was totally into this stuff back then. I didn't appreciate what was going on. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Send us a picture of that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, go, I'll, I'll go back in August. I'll take some pictures. That's of super it. cool. And then would, it, would the design change depending on the motion? No, unfortunately, no, I wasn't thinking talked that about, far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. If only I had thought that far ahead. Uh, by the way, now he incorporates motion into his can, so he decided to shake up <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, yeah, or shake. some of his designs. I wrote gently on that, too, by the way. Everybody's okay. like, oh, it blew up all over me. I'm like, it says gently shake the can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like if you, like, you should design something so like you were shaking too hard, just like reads, you fucked up. Like, <laughs> well, Mike, Mike did a series of of uh, sh- uh, bartender uh, shaker tins. Oh, okay. So I was yes. thinking of the um, we have a beer for Stillwater we have a beer oh. called Whipped. That's I wrote. It's like retro design. It says the can that you shake because there's nitro in it, and when you shake the can, it releases or it, it like lets the nitro dissolve throughout. And so when you pour it out, it's like a smoothie. That's with foam. I forgot we were just talking about yes. the, the shakers. Okay. Yes, movement and design. Yes, yes. Uh, but the cocktail shakers you designed too. Yeah, so that was um, I did that at, at Green Hat when they uh, weren't so popular. Uh, we had that right when they got going. They had a front area, so I got to play around with um, powder coating some cocktail shakers and other bar equipment, and just like try and make it look um, hypnotic to the eye with bright colors and a bunch of weird lines and stuff. We need to bring that back. Yeah, that's super cool. That's. <laughs> um, what is your favorite DC restaurant bathroom? Well, Proof is like the original one that kind of changed how I thought, oh, you can screw around with the bathroom and it's fun. And yeah. Mark did such a great job with establishing that. On what, to me, that's how it was established. I don't know. Maybe there's other people that did it first. But um, And then I always like Crane and Turtle, the wallpaper at Crane and Turtle. I thought it was... I feel like a good wallpaper goes a long way. Yeah, totally. Um, I have a thing with really bad restaurant menus. Mm. What is... Is there a pet peeve of yours that you see when you go to a restaurant? Man, well, small type, but also I think um, I've done many restaurant menus. Oh, and like like which ones? Um, well, Derek and Angie and I did okay. a bunch um, for like Mockingbird Hill and ah. uh, Eat the Rich. We would do like themed ones. Yeah, um, and uh, and they were always great. They're not the problem. <laughs> um, it's what I learned doing the, some of the menus, and then the menu at. Um, MGM for the Voltaggio Brothers. Yeah. Um, I did the branding for that. Cool. The Doing that menu because it was massive, especially the wine part, and then trying to hand it off to people that don't care about design, they just want to get it done, you know, and like 
reconfigure the menu or some wine's out, they gotta change it. Or the kerning was driving me crazy. Um, but there's no, not everybody's gonna buy Adobe, right? right. You gotta do it on a word, like Microsoft oh, Word, right? Yeah. And so like trying to get the letters <laughs> to look right, so. Always be kerning. Oh, Always be man. kerning. That <laughs> makes it cringe so hard. <laughs> but you guys, like, like, like you get the menu, revisions in you don't have time to like learn software you just want to bang it out and like you know get it done so you just hate it when your work gets screwed up yeah (laughs) my work gets screwed up uh is there a fear you'd like to overcome Mm. uh public speaking yeah yeah oh we're doing it right now yeah i mean this is i think it's done the biggest yeah thing Apparently, and, and this is these are Jack words, not mine. A million listeners every time we. Oh, great! Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, right? A lot of moms out there. A lot of moms. <laughs> that's our core demographic. Um, you probably know this question I'm going to ask. What is your deathbed meal? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Uh, um, my deathbed meal. Does it have to be something? Anything. 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 Multiple courses, if you want. Beverage included. Beverage included, if you'd like. Oh, okay. I just cracked open my favorite cookbook the other day, um, Eat With Your Hands, from Zach, Fatty Cube, uh, Fatty Crab. He had a ramp and sea urchin mm. recipe in there that I think, I don't even remember any more than that, but that would be it. Like, ramps yeah. and sea urchins. So you've never actually had this dish? Nope. I, I <laughs> but that's the best thing like wow that's bold go out with wow. something you know like yeah i love it but that's uh, i mean oh. that's also this kind of speaks to like what you do like that's your you design based on an idea or premise and like you can you you can take on qualities of what it tastes like or looks like based on yeah i'm a couple also words and, happy to experiment too. yeah like, <laughs> I, I have no problem if i got it wrong oh well it was part of life man. um the last part but from, from a designer standpoint uh maryland flag yay or nay uh nay i think nay um it's too complicated wow. and the history of it i don't know if i like uh, i don't know the history of it to be honest uh, i don't know the full history and okay. somebody's gonna give me hell for getting it wrong but it's two families okay and um there's some level of support of slavery involved okay. um that was online that I read that. Yeah. could be totally wrong. John but, Mary um, and Stephen Land. Yes. Well, so let's take that part out. Yeah. It's too much going on. Yeah. I've yeah, tried yeah. to Visually. do. I tried to do a label with it once, and it just failed miserably because you couldn't see what the what was actually happening. It's right? a lot. It's. I, I got to say though, I I think I'm on. This, I I think, and I I can't like. My gut says I like it, but I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I like it too, especially when I see you know a bro wearing shorts with the Maryland flag on it it's actually quite eye-catching yeah <laughs> <laughs> what would you wear those shots <laughs> oh. oh man um all right well um why we are testing out a couple new games so here's Uh-oh. one oh man all right here we go no good sorry uh would you rather <laughs> would you rather but Matthew wrote this one up all right <laughs> uh, I wrote this one I'm gonna ask this oh, okay fine okay I want you to close your eyes. Would you rather go down fighting a tiger or jumping out of an airplane? Either way, you're going to die, but one is with the eternal glory of fighting a tiger, or one is kind of with that cool, collected calm of like, I know I'm jumping out of this airplane without a parachute. How about one epitomized and one your beer cans, your last beer can? Ooh. Oh, I mean the tiger. Yeah. The tiger yeah. is super cool. That's, I mean, that's easily how I'd go out, but... 
I'm gonna say airplane. Yeah, oh. I feel like I feel like tiger is not the not the popular choice. No, is there a chance I you love... could beat the tiger though? No, no, no. Either way, so you're I mean, decidedly gonna lose. But the legend is like, yeah, like when people talk about how he died, like, yeah, he he went down fighting a tiger. So, so there's like a certain legacy. Oh, I'm a cat person, so <laughs> so you, you can't fight, fight a tiger. You just so I might be just found dead in my apartment, being <laughs> half eaten by all my cats. That's I mean, there's a strong possibility. That's though. very dark. <laughs> Maybe that's a beer label. Yeah, exactly. All right, but but Mike, you you would fight a tiger. Yeah, I just I don't need the time to think. Yeah, you know, before I died, I think I'd have to you know just be in the moment, adrenaline. It's very Legends of the Fall, you know. That's he went out fighting a bear. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt I'm talking about Re- Revenant. All right, The well, Edge I think is the bear fighting movie that people forget. That's a good. Ah, movie. you're right. That's a scary movie. I don't know. Oh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin. I, I yeah. know this one. Oh, L. Yeah. McPherson. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I that's quite one. a triumvirate well, there. There's yeah. also the, the latest one, Into the Gray, where he punches the wolf. Oh. I don't know if I've seen that That one. shit, Gray. Jeez, I don't, I don't know these. <laughs> Animal cruelty No, no, it's survivalist. Um, well, Mike, thanks for joining us. This thanks week. for having me, guys. It was fun, fun having you in, and like, it's cool to talk shop. Uh, you can... Re- Revisit this week's episode or previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts. And find us on all of the social medias as at ShiftDrinkDC. Oh, don't forget, if you want to you tag your Shift Drink, whatever you're having tonight, just tag it with Show Us Your Shifty. Yeah. You want to see what you're drinking. I will say, my on a, any given night, my Shift Drink uh, is extra dry. Oh, still water. It's nice. Yeah, if I see that on the menu, I'll definitely get it. Oh, good. To be honest, yeah. that's uh, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll make more. Um, it is, yeah, it is highly seasonal. Yeah. yeah, so we're right in there. Yeah, this is a good time to drink it. Okay, I'm in it. Uh, and a special thank you to Jeffrey Lamaru for uh, our intro music, and Mr. Senor DJ Rec Tech for the hilarious sound effects. Oh, okay, you want to make me make me see this uh, next week? We welcome back our correspondent Bill Murray. For his expose on counterfeit spaghetti to catch an impasta. <laughs> <laughs>